Welcome to the Sunflower Conversations, where we explore the hidden disability sunflower and its role in supporting people with hidden disabilities. Hi guys, I'm Paul and with me today is Ruth Rabay. Hi, good afternoon Paul. Today we are talking to Maria Cook, a Crawley Community Awards local hero, 2017. She's a County Mail Community Angel, 2017 and 2018. She's an Autism Ambassador for London Gatwick Airport and Governor for Manor Green Primary School. And today we're going to be talking to her about her son, Ryan. Let's start off with Ryan's conditions. Can you tell us what they are, please? Okay, so um, Ryan has a multitude of um, diagnoses. Uh, the, the main one is autism. Um, and along with that, they're called comorbidities so autism is you know sits right at the very top um, and then alongside that he has um, developmental delay significant learning difficulties a really horrible one that I refuse to really acknowledge is um, severe mental retardation and I just find that so offensive I hate it um, but yeah so although it's in black and white we don't we don't talk about that because i just that's i just oh, it's that, just is horrible word, is that word still used is that something that is acceptable it shouldn't be no <laughs> it absolutely shouldn't be um and seeing that in black and white was really quite um <clears throat> quite shocking yeah. but i know that it is still used not you know it is still used unfortunately and it's not just in this country i know that it's still used in european countries when you see the whole translation things going on and it just makes me really really sad and angry because um, you know words like that should have been eradicated decades ago Absolutely. um so they're not yeah so on top of the learning difficulty sort of thing and, and the um, autism um ryan has uh, sensory processing uh, disorder and again I don't like disorder you know because it makes it sound like there's something wrong with him and there's nothing wrong with him you know so I tend to say sensory processing difficulties you know? um, and then alongside that so you know so he's he really struggles with every aspect of his sensory processing you know and, and you know when we were at school we were told there are five senses we like touch taste smell you know all that sort of um, but there's actually eight um, and it's really, really interesting when you start doing some research onto to all those that we didn't really know existed. Um, so then on with that, we've got sensory modulation disorder, again, difficulties. Um, and it's just so negative, isn't it? It's just awful. Yeah. Um, and so that is how um, he um, copes with... Um, his, his sense of feeling where he is where his body is in relation to the ground or where he's sitting um and you know perhaps the, the the feelings of hunger thirst which he doesn't experience so that's all within the sensory modulation difficulties um he's got what's called hyperacusis which means he has really super super sensitive hearing um likened to that of a dog where you know he can hear things that we just can't hear ourselves um, but then that obviously then brings along pain as well, because some noises are very, very painful for him because they're too sensitive. He has um, a condition called synesthesia, which is really, really interesting um, because, you know, we all know like the, the colour red is synonymous with danger or stop. Green is synonymous with go and good. 
But for, for someone like Ryan that has synesthesia, they actually physically feel those feelings of those colours. Um, and yeah, it's really hard to, 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 get, to get your brain around. But, you know, um, talking to people that have, that can communicate that have got synesthesia, they can say that something like the colour purple feels really prickly to them and makes them feel really itchy. Um, and so Ryan tends to be affected more by an effect. Again, that's another, oh, another <laughs> negative term. You know, Ryan really struggles with reds and blues that are emitted from the TV screen, iPad, you know, devices, things like that. Because again, we can't hear these things, but every single color that when we're watching a program on the TV, every single color is emitting a sound that is different to anything else. And for someone with synesthesia, they can actually hear that, that sound as well, and obviously with a hyperacusis. So he's feeling all these, these different colours. Yeah. And we found that the reds and blues were really painful for him on his eyes. And he would be covering his eyes because he just, it was too much for him. But he was also so drawn to them as well because he could feel them that he wanted to, to still experience them as well in, in, a, in a way that he could regulate. So, um, and we stumbled across that purely because there was a programme on CBeebies um, called Woolly and Tig and it was about the spider that was blue and red and every time this spider come on the telly his his anxieties went off the scale his behaviours went off the scale All these conditions, how were they diagnosed? The autism is where it all started because um, you know, we knew very very early on that, that Ryan wasn't um, hitting the milestones hitting the targets, he wasn't developing as he should have done as a typically developing child would do um, and, you know, at six months old, I knew that there was something different. Um, he had his two-year check about 10 days after his second birthday in November, back in 2010. And his developmental levels came in at that of a, a six-month-old, which was really hard, really hard to accept because, you know, you're, as a parent, you aspire your, your children to become, I don't know, brain surgeons or nuclear physicists or something like that and then when that reality hits that actually this little person's going to need care for the rest of their lives you know you do go through a kind of a grieving process um and so you know along with the autism we you know we were within a month we were seeing a pediatrician and we got the diagnosis straight away which we were really lucky to do but it was very glaringly obvious mm. um but you know that the system now is is, is a hell of a lot different to what we we experience but on that day we had the developmental delay we had the learning difficulties and that r word that we don't talk about all in the same yeah. uh, same day and then as and when i then started to do because we left that paediatrician's office with nothing it was like okay you've got your diagnosis off you go and we were left to it and we just had a referral to a lovely local authority funded service called portage which then got in contact with us to look at any other difficulties that possibly were underlying um, but other than that we were just left to fend for ourselves you know and you know thanks to google existed just about existed in those days but then there's so much wrong information out on the internet as well as we as, as we know has that improved now maria you know if it was today has have we progressed at all in supporting families like yourself it's a bit of a postcode lottery to be perfectly honest, it really, really is. Um, you know, as you know, with with one of my other hats on as chairperson of a, of a 
uh, a support charity. You know, we make sure that um, we have information packs that we send out to the child development centres um, that we ask to be handed out, not even upon diagnosis, but upon that first referral appointment. Um, so, you know, but back in the day, there wasn't anything. So, you know, we've been able to improve it on a local level, but even then, sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, and we'll get we'll get families come to us that have been through that system and still didn't know we existed. Um, so, yeah, it is quite a postcode lottery, unfortunately, and, and depending on who they see. So lovely Portage could see that, um, you know, they helped set us up with um, learning uh, Makaton to help with the communication. Um, What's Makaton, Maria? Makaton is a form of um, signing communication and also um, uh, symbols as well. So um, most people are very familiar with perhaps British Sign Language, which is for the hearing impaired. Makaton is uh, a simplified version um, for the learning disabled. Um, and you know, if you've heard of Mr. Tumble, then that's Makaton. And, and yeah, uh, so we've got a lot to be grateful for for Mr. Tumble because he helped us to be able to communicate with Ryan. And, and Portage also brought into place um, the picture exchange communication system, which is just the acronym is PEX. And that's basically just symbols for absolutely anything you can think of, you know, toy, food, vehicle, animal. Uh, but it's, so it's the symbol, the picture, and it's the written word as well. And it's, it's helping that child to learn to request, say that Ryan wanted a biscuit. You know, we would have um, a folder of all these symbols. And he has then learned very, very quickly that if he wanted a biscuit, he only had to, because he couldn't speak. You know, he was, he's completely nonverbal at such a young age. Um, if he gave me the picture of the biscuit, he was actually going to get a biscuit, you know, so it was a very simple way of being able to communicate and ease the frustration because because he couldn't convey his needs. You know, he was an angry, angry little person yeah. um, that manifested in a lot of behaviours. Maria, was that, did that manifest in like um, an episode or like a reaction? Or did he have like kind of moments where he would get cross and frustrated with with the situation on every you know every single day we would be having these awful moments of you know meltdowns because he just couldn't communicate and he it was it, it was just awful to to see because there was such pain in his eyes and I couldn't help him and he become he you know he he started you know even at three years old he was self-harming just to try and get out what he was wanting to say you know he would be headbutting the walls or, or any hard surface and it was just um it was could just really awful coming, could you see it coming what would trigger it the lack of communication straight away but then also it was the reds and blues on the tv but we didn't know that at the time no it was um not understanding what anything meant you know the, the whole world was alien to him um, it was the sensory processing side of things. You know, the fact that the washing machine on a spin cycle made him so upset because he couldn't handle the noise of it, yet was so drawn to it because of the spinning of the drum and wanted to watch it but couldn't bear to listen to it. It's also 
the understanding of that and how you need to understand it as a mum and as a parent and, mm. and the, the people around Brian, you know, understanding that. Because he wouldn't mm. understand that at that age. It's like, I don't get no. why I'm being this way or behaving no. in this way. Um, you know, how do you on earth work that all out? And it, that, that's challenging. It's, it is. You know, it's, it's um, a real detective story really of just just unpicking every single little behavior why what's what's triggered you know um and you know a classic example is being in a supermarket you know where there's so much white noise and bright lights and you know the whirring of the refrigerators and the freezers and to us we just block it out it doesn't mean anything to us but for someone like ryan that's all he could focus on and it just becomes so overwhelming and again it was just purely you know, I'd, I'd taken shopping and I'd be happily, no problem in fruit and veg and bits and pieces. And then as soon as I was going off into, you know, the ref, like the refrigerator, where the, like the hams and the cheeses and, you know, all that sort of thing is, you know, you'd see the behaviour spike. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, it's because of these, <laughs> these fridges. Uh, and, and that, but then you then get the, the looks and the stares and the comments mm. from people out there going, can you not shut him up? <laughs> you know the, the things I have had said to me out in the community would make your toes curl how did that make you adapt and change because you would have I'm sure that over the years you've had to shift the way that you are because mm -hmm. it's been a learning curve for you as much as for Ryan in understanding mm -hmm. his conditions yeah absolutely I mean things like ear defenders have been a lifesaver because you know whenever we knew we were going into a supermarket because again it could be so easy to go do you know what i'm just going to do my shopping all online now pre-covid well it's a bit different now obviously but but, but pre-covid people would say to me well just don't go out just do your shopping online i'm like but that's just keeping us prisoners in our own home you know i want to help support ryan so we can still do everyday things you know there there has to be a way around this to help support him so ear defenders as an example was yeah. you know a phenomenal um life change because really? as soon as we knew it was like ear defenders on yeah fine no problem off yeah. we go ear defenders off and we're okay again um you know things like the the um adapted trolleys that i worked very hard with um to start with on Sainsbury's with sainsbury's a few years ago that have now been rolled out nationally and across so many other supermarkets now because you know, when he got too big to sit in supermarket trolley, I'm like, okay, I can't put him in a buggy and push a trolley. He can't walk independently. He's going to go off and just completely trash an aisle. So I, I highlighted that there was a real difficulty, purely because people were laughing at me again. Yeah. Right? I said, this isn't acceptable. We've got to change it. And so we did. And now we've got brilliant trolleys. Did it get any easier with time? You know, did you, did you learn triggers to avoid for example you know like sounds places environments that you perhaps shouldn't go to that would upset Ryan is that something that you became you know better with yeah I think you know as and again it all stems back to the communication you know once you improve the communication so there was lots of signing there was lots of picture exchange small words started to then come yes, uh, he was then able to highlight easier to us what was really hurting him or that he didn't like or just made him feel very uncomfortable um and so that really really did help i mean we learned very very early on that you know there's me talking about the, the washing machine on a spin cycle yet yeah, he hated that but i could still run 
the vacuum cleaner around at full pelt and it won't bother him. Then when it comes to blowing up armbands to go swimming or that that um, or putting sun cream on, it was those very short, sharp psh, psh, noises that would then really aggravate his hearing. So it was just going, right, OK, I've got to blow these. <laughs> if we want to go swimming, he's got to wear armbands. Let's do it. You know, so it was just adapting, really, and, and working together to, to know what works is he as he's been as he's got older maria has he been able to express himself can he can he express oh yeah <laughs> very very much so we we, yeah. we um it is very obvious when ryan doesn't like something because the whole world knows it um and 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 it is it is like pressing that um that, that button you know it is like Hiroshima going off you know if, if something's not going his way you know that 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 light switch that flickers is is it and it's instant it's, it's a naught to a thousand in a, in a couple of seconds can I ask has it put a strain on you you know on the family on your relationships you know because I would imagine it it could we put shades um yes and i'm oh, on, I'm, I'm, a I'm, circle. I'm, I'm, mine's just chipping in here as well um i'm one of the statistics unfortunately because it's approximately one in three relationships break down yeah. when there's someone with autism involved and you know and i i, I, I am a square are you a square i can imagine i think you're more of a circle um and, you know, I split up with Ryan's um, biological father when Ryan was three um, because it was just too much. It, it, it just took its toll and, you know, um, something something had to give and, yeah. you know, it, and that, that was it. And Cookie's incredible with Ryan, isn't he? He is, you know, those boys are just like the best mates ever and people don't realise that, you know, Ryan isn't his biological son mm-hmm. um, because they they get each other, yeah. they understand each other, they wind each other up just like any father and son do. To be perfectly honest, and then I'm yeah. the one that's got to sort it all out. Cookie's just a rock, you know. He's 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 a big kid himself, and he'll do anything. He'll do anything to help support Ryan. But that doesn't mean to say it's not easy. Two nights ago, it took me, and here's another thing to do with sensory processing: toenail cutting. Oh my goodness, all right. Haircuts, things like that. We're lucky that Ryan bites his nails. I know we're not supposed to make that sound like it's a good thing, but it is, because it's one less thing that I don't have to worry about. You know, he, he, he regulates that himself. It took me an hour to try and do one toenail two nights ago. And I never even got it done in the end. I had to give up because we had, all three of us had gone past the point of no return because it was too stressful. People say, well, do it in his sleep tried that as well because he's so hypersensitive he even feels that and it wakes him up Maria do you work um very hard but everything's unpaid <laughs> um I never went back to work after I had Ryan you know I've worked yeah, all of my life up until that point had every intention of going back to work but then it became very clear that Ryan needed such a high level of support that only I could could give that to him um and again that was a kind of another reason where you know the the marriage broke down because it was very made very clear to me that no one else was going to help me everything has been a fight to make sure he's got everything that he's entitled to and everything is you know of the right level of need for him um and you know so I, I just I've never I've never gone 
back to work because I just never know if I'm going to get a phone call. You know, I, I, I've always, I always prided myself on, you know, being being half an hour earlier than, than one second late and, you know, yeah. so never off sick, you know, you know yeah. always doing the overtime. Like, but with, with Ryan, I'm never, I'm never on time for anything. Even, even virtual meetings at home like this, I'm always late. But there's a reason for that. And, and you know, it's clearly something that's profoundly affected your, your, your whole, your life. How do you see Ryan developing through his life what will happen to Ryan is he going to be living on his own where do you see it going because there'll be a time mm. when perhaps you can't support him and have you thought about that yeah I think about it every single day every single day because I'm I'm not going to be here forever am I cookie's not going to be here forever you know, Ryan is going to need some form of care for the rest of his life you know he, he's not going to be able to live independently yeah. um and you know, if there is supported living out there, you've got to make sure that it is appropriate. And at this moment in time, locally, there isn't the right level of support out there for supported living. So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he's here with us for as as, as long as it takes, Thanks. really, you know. But we've had to take out what's um, a disabled person's trust. We've had to take out. Um, to protect his inheritance as well and to keep this roof over his head for him. When Cookie and I are not here anymore, obviously Liam and Sophie will be beneficiaries as well and they can do whatever they like with it. It's, it's, it's up to them. You know, it's theirs. But for Ryan, because he does require such a high level of care, the local authority you know, would say, okay, so all the money that he's inherited or the property has to be used to fund his care. That's not right because that's his. He should be able to buy as much Star Wars Lego as he wants with it. You know, as, you know eat yeah. as much garlic, garlic bread as he wants with it. Yeah. Um, but he can't as it stands. But with a trust, a disabled person's trust, it goes into the trust with two trustees and they protect it. And so they then have the power to use it for the Star Wars Lego, you know, and the government and the local authority can't touch it. They can't make the house be sold. They can't make them spend the money to fund his care. Of course. No. And it's something that is clearly needs, needs mm. thought and consideration, right? Absolutely. And, and also, you know, I'm, where he has mind blindness is another part of his condition. You know, he thinks that he and I are the same person. Mm. You know, and we, he, ha he really struggles with separation anxiety. Well, what's going to happen with that one day when I'm not here? And he's with mummy, mummy, because it will be. I, I'm going to be mummy for the for the for the rest of my life. You know, it's not going to drop to mum or, you know, um, yeah, he's completely dependent on me, and you know, it breaks me, and I can't. I shouldn't think about it. But you can't help it. No, you know, I, I I I I've always got this picture in the back of my mind of me of up in the fluffy clouds, looking down on Ryan, going with him, going, "Where's mum? Where's my mummy? When's mummy coming back?" You know. And Maria, you know, in the, the six years I've I've known you and worked with you, you know, I can't tell you or the people listening to this the incredible work you have done and how you fight for him. But you know, about the disabled trust, for example, you know, there's lots of people out there who don't even know that they do that. That you know, you fight for everything, and it's hard work, and you, I feel you're fighting uphill all the time. Mm. But there's so many people out there that wouldn't know to do that. No, you know, and this, yeah. you have to fight mm. for everything. And it's because yeah. of you, so many people have learned from you 
because of the hard work you put in and the fights that you have to yeah. put up with. Yeah, yeah I, I've grown such a thick skin. No, and you've had to, you know, everything is a fight up into tribunals to make sure he's got the right disability living allowance. Same with, you know, making sure he got his place in the right school setting as well was a hell of a fight. And, um, mm. you know, I felt, you know, when he won that place, I felt really guilty for a second. And I was like, no, because I've been the polite nuisance on the phone every single day. You know what, Maria? Um, I think what strikes me is how lucky Ryan is to have you because I think that there are probably a lot of people in the world or in society that don't have parents that perhaps are as aware or as driven as you mm. um, and there's a clear evidence there that you're you're very invested in 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 Ryan's welfare and can see that through the you know yeah. what you're saying and now and the absolutely love. yeah you know I mean I'll do anything to, to get what Ryan deserves and is entitled to, but it's not just about Ryan, Paul. You know, this is about every single Ryan out there, you know, every single family that, that are going through it. And, and some, as you say, they just can't, you know, that they haven't. We, we're all exhausted and, and some people just have given up. They, they have given up because the systems are made too complicated that they just can't do it. You know, everything that I've ever done is finding the right person that, that cares enough to do it because it's the right thing to do rather than because it's a tick box exercise and looks great on their CV, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I've kind of got a bit of a reputation now, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's good. Like, oh, Maria's involved. Oh, okay. Yeah. Radio, better listen then. I'm sure Ryan, as a young man, has plenty of energy. Can you tell me what activities he's into? Well, if I was to say to you that Ryan is a cross between the Duracell bunny and the Tasmanian devil, that is no understatement. His brain never switches off. You know, he's just on the go the whole time. And even in his sleep, you know, he is chatting away all night long. And you think, he's, he must be awake. And he's not. He's absolutely gone to the world. But he just doesn't switch off. Um, and, you know, we found that, you know, he just loved being out in the open um, he loved bouncing because he was getting a lot of um, sensory feedback from that. He loved it. So we focused a lot on that. Brilliant. And when he was about five, we were offered the opportunity for him to start accessing horse riding through his specialist school um, at um, a riding for the Disabled Association stables. I was very nervous, very cautious. Going, you really want me to trust you to put yeah. my child on a horse yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking Understandable. You know, like, yeah and I'm like, no 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 come on give it a go we, we, you know I think we'll you know we, we've seen how much he loves being on the trampoline at school we've seen how much he loves being in the hydrotherapy call at school um let us give it a go you know the, the reports that then came back going oh my goodness he absolutely loved it you know he was so happy he was singing away you know he just wanted he didn't want to get off the ponies so I was just like, right, okay, I need to look into this so that we can do it as a family activity as well. And so that's what we we started to do. And it's just become a regular event ever since, still through school, um, but then also, you know, weekends, school holidays. You know, and he has built up, it's a happy place for him. Yeah. You know, he's he and they love him there. It's just it's just a real safe place for us to go to where they get him. They accept him. They understand him. They go, it's Ryan. It's fine. You know? Now, this, this is a child who is scared of dogs, like uh, beyond phobic level. You know, he is terrified of dogs. 
Uh, he's, he's he's quite into cats and you know you stroke a rabbit and, and stuff because they're just they're just there they don't do anything do they whereas dogs are just like all over the place but you know these huge animals these huge powerful animals you know he can't get on them quick enough and when he's on it you just see any bit of anxiety that he may have had just completely leave his body does he have one particular pony or does he have a number of horses yeah well initially it was only ever one pony called licorice and he still rides him to this day but at some point he's going to be too big to ride him um but we realize where ryan gets so fixated and doesn't like change we're like actually licorice isn't always going to be around so we actually do unfortunately need to get him to ride other ponies Mm. so that it's okay to ride beauty and Tice and you know the, the other ones that are available and so you know he's got a, there's, there's three ponies that, that he writes now and he'll get on or any of them Maria how is he with his music because I know he was a George Ezra massive fan he'd sing the songs wouldn't he constantly constantly does he still like George Ezra do you know we um I had to uh, go and pick up a click and collect earlier and um George Ezra come on the radio it just completely not a coincidence and he's singing away I was like Ryan who is it and he's like Ezra and he's singing away you know and that's you know such another amazing phenomenon about Ryan is because although he hasn't got the conversational language he has got words but you can't chat with him you know I couldn't pick him up from school and say what did you do today mate you know what did you learn what did you do you know he can't he can't convey that um, but uh, hear a song on the radio and he'll sing it word for word perfectly. Pitch perfect, in tune, and it's just like, wow. You know, and he only needs to hear the first intro bars of a song and that's it. He's, he's lost in that music. And, you know, he's, he's, he's got a phenomenal taste in music. You know, he really, really has. And his, his back catalogue of songs is, is incredible. And I just, I just love everything about that because, again, that makes him so happy. Is World Autism Awareness Day, is it important to you? I'm going to say yes and no, which um, I don't know whether you want to hear a yes and no answer, to be honest. But yes, it's incredibly important. It absolutely is, because um, there's not enough out there every single day to promote the, the, the condition. The World Autism Awareness Day has been around for, for many, many years. And uh, when we first started on this journey, you know, it was, you know, I, I look back from my social media memories and, you know, all, all of the stuff that I'd be putting on there about it. And I, yeah, this is such an important day. You know, you then realise, but every day should be Autism Awareness Day. Absolutely. You know? So it's great to get the conversations going out there it's great to get the messages out there it's great to Mm. take over social media for the you know leading up to it on the day and then then afterwards it's great to celebrate because that's what it should be you know a celebration of some incredible people that are very very misunderstood in terms of how autism is generally perceived what what needs to change in your in your opinion Wow, how long have we got left? Right, um, I would, I would say that there are so many myths out there that need dispelling. Not not everyone with autism is a maths genius. It's something like two percent of someone with, of people with autism have got what's called a savant about them. You know, where they they are 
so super, super intelligent. The number of times I've had people say to me, well, he doesn't look autistic. Well, what do you expect him to look like? Dustin Hoffman. You know, this isn't about Rain Man either. To stop the looks and the judging and the comments and assuming that it's a naughty child, assuming that I'm a bad mother, just to have a bit more patience and tolerance yeah. uh, and, and some understanding. And, and yeah. that's why every day has to be an autism yeah. acceptance day. Is there one major obstacle that you face all the time, daily? Or is, or is it just a combination of multiple things? I think it is a combination. To, to name just one yeah. would, would be really really hard it's like you know what would Ryan's favorite song be I just you know it changes on a daily basis Um, and it really does because it all depends on what environment you're in at the time what situation you're in at the time but I think it really does come down to um, you know the the prejudice that's out there really unfortunately And, and it's a horrible word to say but there is a lot of prejudice out there because there's not enough information is yeah. perhaps out there yeah. you know um people are too quick to judge because again with all of the the difficulties that he has are all hidden disabilities you know? and so he appears to have you know to be a typically developing person you know? but you know it only takes that fridge in the supermarket to for people to then see that actually there are a lot of underlying difficulties going on absolutely and and we're lucky where you know we are familiar faces out in the community now we we are you know but some families just are too frightened to 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 go out you know i'll never obviously i can't at the moment but you know once the restrictions are relaxed and we can access the community again ryan and i are going to be out there busting those boundaries again you know um, because he can't have the cut for himself but you know I want to have the conversations with people yeah. you know yeah. um rather you know in years gone by I've got angry and I've had a go at people and I'm like oh that's not actually helpful is it you know that's not going to solve the situation I'd rather just have a conversation mm. and and educate them like the thing that you said about how that this is 24 7 365 days of the year this is constant this is not just a one day awareness thing this is something you're living with every day and so awareness of that and understanding is so important yeah there's no off switch is there there's no pause button there's no there's no volume control either i can tell you that so yeah (laughs) maria you were instrumental in um when the sunflower was created at gatwick five years ago now can you believe that it's five years um what what difference has that made to you, Ryan, Cookie, to your lives? It has been, again, you know, another life changer for us, you know, because it's something so simple but so effective, mm. yet it's not in your face either, you know. Um, there's not that big arrow pointing down, you know, glaring, you know, spotlighting you, you know, but it's just a very subtle marker for people to go, oh, hold on a minute, right let's see what we can do to help this family you know and you know and it really does make a difference you know people do again pre-covid obviously people have actually come up to us in shops you know when we've got the lanyard on and said you know okay is there anything well what what can we do to to help you today and i'll be like right i'm all right at the minute 
but I know when I get to the checkout, I'm going to need some help. And they'll be like, it's fine. Just call one of us over and we can help you. Uh, that has been phenomenal. It's the recognition. And also when you see other people wearing it as well, there's that knowing look and you've got that noddy like, yeah, I get you. I get it. You know, um, so it's created quite a nice community feeling as well, um, because we all know. And again, I wouldn't know what condition they perhaps have and they might not guess, you know, work out what condition Ryan has. But it's that I get you, you know, good, good for you. Good for you for accessing the community, but just letting people know that you might need a little bit of extra help. You know, yeah, which is, it's like an enabler. It, it, it just gives you a bit of comfort and confidence than perhaps you would have without it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got I've got one hanging in the car all the time. I've got one in my handbag all the time. You know, I, I wouldn't go anywhere with without one because yeah. um, it, it, it really does mean so much to us to know that it is so recognised far and wide now. Um, and it does it gives you it does give confidence and reassurance to, to families and, and individuals as well that yeah. um, people are people are going to help them. Yeah. If there was one thing as a result of this conversation today, what would it be that people take away with them? That there's nothing wrong with Ryan. There's nothing wrong with someone with a hidden disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan is the most incredible person. He touches. Every person he meets is touched by him. Yeah. And he leaves, he leaves a mark on them. He leaves an impression on them that, that they'll never forget. So there isn't anything wrong. You know, he's just wired differently. You know, it's like I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you through my iPad that runs on Safari. You know, you might have your PC or your laptop that's running on Microsoft. They both do the same thing, but they're different, aren't they? That's what I want people to, to think of, that it's actually okay to be different. There isn't anything wrong with someone with autism. And actually, they can change your life. Yeah. You know, if you give them the time. That's all we're asking for. Just give us some time and some patience and tolerance and let us show you how great they are. Thank you ever so much, Maria. And thanks for, You're all, welcome. Your, you know, for, your, for all the words and um, just wish you all the very best. I, Ruth, is there anything you want to say? No, just a huge thank you. She's yeah. an amazing lady. Ryan, you're going to come and say goodbye. Come here. Yeah. Come here. Are you going to get up or am I going to get up? Oh. I think I'm going to have to get up. Go on. Oh. Oh, here we go. Let's put you on loudspeaker so you can say hello. So. Hi, Ryan, how are you? <laughs> are you good? What do you say? You say, I'm fine. I'm fine, he says. Oh, oh well done. Oh. High five, Ryan, do I get a high five? Yay, good boy. We've had a proper high five from you for ages. If you'd like to share your sunflower story or conversation, please email conversations at hiddendisabilitystore.com. Find out more about us or listen to this recording again by checking out our insights page at hiddendisabilitystore.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Please help, have patience, and show kindness to others, and join us again soon. Making the invisible visible with the Hidden Disability Sunflower.